On this edition of Magic Pod Squad, the special draft edition presented by Simply IOA, we catch up with Orlando Magic Assistant General Manager Matt Lloyd. Matt and his team are feverishly preparing for the NBA draft coming up on November 18th. So he lets us peel back the curtain a little bit and find out the Orlando Magic process in determining their draft selection. We get an update on where the Magic are in their draft process. Uh, what kind of players the Orlando Magic organization seemed to look for. We get an update on Chuma Okiki. And also, Matt Lloyd was in Chicago when the Bulls drafted Jimmy Butler with the 30th overall pick in 2011. So he tells a great story how they came to that decision and, of course, how proud he is of the career Jimmy has had. So lots to get into on this episode of Magic Pod Squad, the special draft edition presented by Simply IOA. This is Aaron Gordon of the Orlando Magic. This is Evan Fournier. This is Jonathan Isaac. This is Mo Bamba. Check out what's new with the Orlando Magic Pod Squad. The host of characters give you a behind-the-scenes look at Magic basketball. The Magic Pod Squad has you covered. Subscribe and rate on iTunes and the Google Play Store today. And welcome, everyone, to Magic Pod Squad, the special draft edition presented by Simply IOA. And as presenting partner of Magic Draft 2020, Simply IOA is giving fans an unbelievable opportunity to be the very first fan to meet the Magic's 2020 draft pick, which is probably pretty much a nightmare for George Delante, but that's all right. We'll make it, we'll make it happen. All you have to do is visit simplyioa.com slash magic. That's simplyioa.com slash magic. You'll get to attend the press conference, ask a question. You get tickets to a future game. It ends November 13th, so simplyioa.com slash magic. And with that, we welcome the panel, David Steele, Jeff Turner, George Galante, and Orlando Magic Assistant General Manager Matt Lloyd, kind enough to join us. And uh, Matt, I, I got to ask you, since March, you've pretty much been homebound. Are you picking up hobbies? Are, are you a Mr. Fix-It guy? Or are you doing landscaping like the rest of us? Well, I, I've actually, um, first off, I have to say I'm super honored to be on the Pod Squad again with a Magic Hall of Famer, an award-winning broadcaster, a former NBA player, and George Galante. So um, from, from us in basketball operations to everyone out there listening, it's, yes. it's, a, it's a huge, huge honor. But I think, you know, the, the, well the, the, the la- it's funny because um, we're transitioning back into the office this week for, for meetings to prepare for the draft, which is um, just over a week away. And when I was trying to figure out the last time I was in here, it ended up being like, it's, it's almost like 240 days. So when um, we got back in here, I was kind of like, it was very strange. It was very strange. It was kind of eerie. Um, and, but at the same time, once we got into a rhythm and the meeting started going, it was like, you know, we just picked, just picked it right back up. So, um, it's been an interesting seven months. I've only been on one, uh, uh, flight in seven months. And, um, generally my life is revolves around the airport and, and, uh, um, and traveling. And so to be able to, um, get back into an, a normal circadian rhythm, I think it's been a huge um, huge thing for my for my body. So as opposed to being 47 years old and looking like I'm 68 years old, I now look, I'm 47 years old and look like I'm 50 years old. So I've kind of shaved a couple years off. So it's been great. You've trimmed a lot off of that. Listen, we want to get into your draft prep. We want to get into, you know, discuss this draft and, and, and kind of peel the curtain back a little bit. But I think it's important for everyone to know when, when this whole thing started, Matt, you were not here. You were not in Orlando, right? You you barely got out of New York, I think it was, or, or somewhere in the Northeast, right before this whole COVID thing happened. Yeah, I, I was trying to um, I was trying to close the book on a couple guys like late in the season, and then 
and then kind of go to the conference tournament uh, schedule and then go see massive guys. And the conference tournaments for us, like philosophically, is generally a, a, a launching point for, for, for next year's draft because we'll see a lot of guys that maybe were freshmen that are, we're starting to play late in the season. And it's always a great opportunity to, to both close the book on guys and to start seeing guys for next year. So I had gone on a little trip. I came home for one day and then it was getting kind of creepy because, um, you know, you started reading a lot on news and, and, and this was coming and, um, the, 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 the protocols for travel just weren't in place. So I, um, I came, I was on a trip five days and literally I was in, um, I flew one day on a, I guess it was like a Friday. I flew from um, Columbus, Ohio to Charlottesville, Virginia, and there was a direct flight. It was great. And generally, you know, you meet up with a couple people, maybe a coach here and there, and you have dinner that night. Um, because we, I didn't have a game, but the, the game I was going to was 11 AM in the morning. Then I was going to drive to DC, um, for, a, for a, an earlier conference tournament the next day. So I stayed in my hotel room. Literally, I landed at like 11 a.m. In, in Charlottesville, and I did not leave my hotel room until I went to the game the next day because it had started to get, you know, it was on CNN. And it, was on, it was on all the news outlets, and, um, and I was starting to get a little bit concerned, quite frankly. But I, I didn't know exactly the, the, the severity of everything that was going on. So I finished that conference tournament in, in D.C. I flew home for one day, and then I went to the first round of the Big East tournament, and then the league shut down that night. and um, I was with uh, Adetunji Adedipe, um, uh, one of my colleagues here at, at work, and we decided we were just going to fly home the next morning. So we booked a flight at the half of the first game of the Big East tournament to go home the next day. And uh, they played the second game of the Big East tournament, which was the opening round. And then we were going to stay for the, the first round the next day. And uh, they canceled the tournament that night. So luckily, we had booked those flights and um, we got home and I came, we came into the office. We started to transition a little bit out of the office and um, the magic had been so amazing just in terms of organizationally um, protecting employees. And we have a lot of, uh, they have a lot of information and they've been, you know, with protocols and that sort of thing. So we have been, um, we transitioned to work, work from home. And it's been, a, it, like we said, it's been, a, it's been 240 ish types of day, 240 uh, ish days since we've been in the office, but um, yeah, I was, I was in New York. I mean, it was, I was at ground zero and, um, people were, people were, were getting out of there that next morning. I mean, the airport was full. Matt, I'm guessing, uh, you've never had this much time to get ready for a draft. At the same time, you probably never had such little access to the players. So that's a unique combination. What talk yeah. about the challenge. Tell us about the challenges that you and, and your staff have faced in preparing for this draft. It, it's such a good question, um, David, because I think if you pulled 30 different teams, you'd have really 30 different responses. And our, our response to, to the work from home and the shutdown and stuff was to, um, was to bunker in. And, and we had like really long meetings at the beginning of quarantine, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And we started to kind of go through everything we would have gone through um, in a normal draft year, because at that point we didn't know that the draft was going to be delayed and we didn't, we didn't have any information. So we were only going to attempt to control what we could control, which was what we'd seen and, um, all the reporting that we had done on, on background and, um, the beginnings of, um, you know, our, our production, our productivity analysis for each guy. So, I mean, we just approached it that way. And then we started to get, you know, uh, that the league was going to start back up and then, the, the draft was going to be delayed and that sort of thing. So um, we got a, a bulk of that, those like 
heavy duty discussions done like early on in the quarantine. And that was just going to be our approach. And then um, when the NBA restart started, we, we transitioned to really kind of focusing on pro scouting for a while. And it was a kind of, uh, you know, it was a little bit strategic because at that point we were going to suffer from like, if we just sit in here and all of a sudden we'd be going through this draft and there'd be 30 Hall of Famers that were going to be in this draft because we had just been so, you know, watching every single guy and, and picking them apart. And so we kind of put it away for a little while and um, we picked it back up. And, and, you know, now we're in the stage where we're putting, you know, the next nine days, we'll put the finishing touches on everything. But I was um, I was pretty happy that we were in a position that we were in when the shutdown happened because we're not going to chase guys. And to the other question about access um, we're limited, we're limited access, like from an access standpoint every year, because the agents control so much of the information and rightly, rightfully so. So a lot of it is the development of the relationship that we have with, with these agents to, to kind of get the information we need and, and we'll get it all. It's just been a different context. So as opposed to like traveling around the country and going to see these pro days and, and seeing players play, uh, um, you know, or, or, or work out in gyms, uh, you know, they've had seven months now to, to work out. So we've kind of seen snippets on video of video stuff, but we've done a lot of interviews too. And, and we've done a lot of interviews on zoom and, and we've been able to accomplish everything that we would normally accomplish in a, in a normal draft year. We've been able to get it done. Um, except we haven't been able to bring the guys to Orlando and allow them to see the community and, and, you know, work them out on the floor with the coaches. So we have to be cool. We have to be good with that. And because that's the context we're uh, operating under this year and, um, you know, I think we've, I think we've gotten a, a, a healthy amount of work done in, in the time that we've, that we've had, and, uh, we've gotten everything kind of, all those boxes have been checked. Matt, how does it affect, I, here's what I would think. I would think players, you know, one through 10, right? Those, you kind of know, you got a good feeling and everything. So the individual workouts, you know, with the teams probably now they can, I guess, probably don't affect um, their position as much. But I got to think as you start getting later in the draft, even 11 on down, that players have an opportunity to really elevate their stock by the, the visits with the team, whether they play well, they test well, their personal interviews. Is that something that at the end of the draft, maybe even with us at 15, that we're, we're missing a piece there? Yeah. Um, and the players, I would say the players are probably missing an opportunity. Yeah. And, and so we have not been able to see what, in what areas their game has expanded because they've been shuttered for seven months, <laughs> you know, and that would have yeah. been a great uh, opportunity to kind of bring them in. And, and so, you know, we've been like, we've been, we've been canvassing video. We've been getting video from, 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 from agents, the opposite end of that argument, which is such a good one is that there's also the opportunity to make fewer mistakes because we're really counting mostly on what we have seen and evaluated in person and, and in their game and in the different contexts under which they've operated over the course of their career. So we won't get fooled by a one-on-one workout or we won't get fooled in a three-and-three three workout. Um, I don't know. It, it, you can really play it both ways, uh, uh, Jeff. It's, it's, it's really it, – it, there's no right answer. You know, there's no right answer. I don't think we're going to miss anything except um, – for the chance to bring these guys in here and take them out to dinner in winter park or, or take them out to dinner, um, you know, downtown Orlando and, and really expose them to the community and to see the weather. And, um, that's a bummer. That's a bummer because I, that's a huge advantage for us in many ways is because we, the, the community is so great and, and, and 
we don't really get to show them the, the organization up close. Um, we've simulated it. Uh, we've kind of had some stuff that we've done um, where we've sent the players different types of things just to kind of give them a, 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 a glimpse at the organization. And I think those have been moderately effective. Um, but as far as the workouts go, I, I don't know if we're really going to, um, you know, miss them. It would have been great to see a couple of these guys. Um, and it's different, right? Because they've had seven months as opposed to, you know, a two month workout. And then they start going on this, this little tour of different NBA teams. So in some ways, guys, games have probably massively expanded and in some, in, you know, we'll see, you know, we'll see because they're going to line up. There's no summer league or anything. They're going to line right up 10, 12 <laughs> days later. And, you know, it's going to be off to the races. So um, I'd like to think that we're going to be okay, uh, given that it, it, th those are sometimes they can be a little fool. They can fool you a little bit too. That had a great point. That's a great point. Yeah. Cause George, George can put together one heck of a mixtape, but you bring him in the building. Whoa. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a, yeah. it becomes pretty clear, right, George? I know you tried that. I mean, I've tried. I've tried. I've, my question was going to be, how does this affect the, 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 the kids coming in, Matt? Like this is really uncharted territory for everybody. Their development, does that, is this going to hinder their development at all? Is this going to regress them a little bit? What, what do you guys think about that? Yeah, I, I think um, that's going to be like a case by case basis. And it's such a good question because um, we're going to see, we're going to see with no summer league, no like kind of ramp up, you know, these guys have all been working out and doing individuals and, and in some cases maybe haven't had a lot of exposure to playing five on five. So when they get back into, you know, when they get set into a training camp situation, um, there may be a tendency to like uh, to have to they have to knock off some rust, you know, and and think about the teams that that didn't participate in the NBA startup too. They're going to or the uh, the restart. They're going to be facing the same scenarios and and again like we don't know what the rules are going to be we don't know um you know how, how it's going to be how training camp's going to function yet that's all kind of in, in 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 progress um but i do think that's a good point and we're just going to have to see and and i'd be guessing uh if i if i had like a blanket answer for that i think it's more of a case-by-case -case basis based on who's been preparing the most you know um so uh, I think it's going to be something to monitor and, and, and we're going to have to monitor internally as well. Luckily, you know, we have our, our, the player development program and some of the onboarding that we do with the players will be a little bit unique. And it's something that we've given a lot of thought to um, re of recent and, and how can we transition the guys both safely and, and, and as quickly as possible. And by the way, George, your office is, is completely safe. Um, there's the, the water bottle has not been full and, uh, it was just good to kind of walk past there today and see, I would have usually popped in and said hi to George. Did, you change, did you change the water out? Cause I feel like it's been sitting stagnant for quite a while in there. I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> know if true. I drink that. Yeah, I, I didn't, uh, generally that's my little morning routine is to go by George's office and fill up on the water cooler and come in and watch him, see him watching Mets highlights. And, uh, <laughs> I wasn't able to do that today. So, um, but I didn't check the water bottle. Sorry. Okay. Did right. they, is Joel is Joel still there, Matt? Has he ever left that office? He, I think he lives in his office. I so, think so. so it just there, there was like a, a he he like put a chimney on there, and there's like a little smoke and a light on there right when I passed his <laughs> office. So, Matt, you know it's interesting. Yeah, I, I know you love the information. You're one of the guys. You've always said it paralysis by by analysis, and you can you can have too much information. You've got an analytics team. You've got scouts. You've got Jeff and John. You've got you. You've got your eye test, you've got data. How do you put all that together to possibly funnel that down to come up with one guy 
at 15. It's a, yeah. gotta be a remarkable process. I think it's, it's um, you know, it's, it, is, it is a process for sure. And we've gotten to the point now, you know, where we've whittled like however many hundred guys down to this, to this group that we've debated. But um, luckily I've been, uh, you know, working with, with Jeff and, and, and John, it's been, and I, I've worked with great scouts throughout my career. So I've been so lucky to uh, have access and, and, and been exposed to different types of processes and, and, and different viewpoints. And, um, you know, one of Jeff's great strengths is his ability to kind of synthesize all that stuff internally, you know, and, and get to that. Cause that's the, the job of the, of the, the lead decision maker in the NBA team is you have to be able to process all that stuff and hear everything and, and apply your own, you know, your own kind of mix to it. So, um, you know, it's, it's, I, I take a lot of responsibility for the, all that information collection and, and, and getting the scouts access and, and exposure to the right players and, and having the, the analytics team kind of add the context that we can't see. And we add context to what, you know, what they can't see. But um, at the same time, I mean, it's, it's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of conversations. It's a lot of um, debate. Um, and and it, eventually we kind of get to that day on the draft and it's just basically – you know, we're prepared and we, we execute it. So um, it's a fun process really. Cause it, but it, again, like for us this year, it'll start the day after the draft this year because college basketball is supposed to ramp up November 25th. There'll be seven days after the draft and, uh, and, and we're going to hit the round ground running. We're going to have like uh, meetings, you know, two, three days after the draft to start, you know, figuring out how we're going to do things for uh, the 21 draft. Jeff and John uh, and the staff are well known for, keeping information a little bit close to the vest, let's say. So I'm not going to ask you, Matt, about specific players, but I would like to get your overall take on this draft, where the strengths are, um, what, uh, where the strengths are in the middle of that first round, where you feel like there, there's some quality players. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't ask me about specific players, David, because then I would have to uh, cut my own tongue off. You know, <laughs> I, wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't be able to talk anymore. The trap yeah, door. Do, you know there's a trap too. door under your, under your chair there. That the trap <laughs> yeah. door would just drop you if, if, yeah, if he you would did disappear. that. So we don't want Mysteriously. that. Mysteriously. All, all the uh, Star Wars fans out there will know I'd be encased in carbonite like Han Solo if I, <laughs> if I touched my specific place. But um, every draft offers opportunity. Every single draft offers offers opportunity, and you it, it's our responsibility to attempt to find that opportunity. And um, that's where I think we do have a little bit of, a, of an internal advantage because we do put so much time towards, you know, like getting to the, to the bottom of, of a, of a high, high volume of players, right? So if we approach the draft this year as, well, it, it, it stinks, there's no good players, uh, you know, that's what we'll get out of it. But um, that's not how we approach the draft. So there's always going to be an opportunity to kind of mix um, the players that we have on the team, um, uh, the system that, that Coach Clifford is running, and, um, you know, what we have seen to be successful both internally and externally, and then find that guy. So um, that's our responsibility. And, and you know, uh, I think there's going to be uh, an opportunity to add something to the team that, you know, fits from, from a needs perspective and from the perspective of offering, you know, upside. Um, and, and that's how we approach it. So uh, um, to answer your question, you know, again, without specifics, there, there's, there's going to be some good players. Every draft, you know, every draft at some point, a scout somewhere has said, well, the draft stinks. There's no good players. And yet on average, there'll be three all-stars that come out of here. 
So um, our responsibility is to find them. And in some, in some cases it's, it's contextual, right? So if you can, you can take a player that may not offer something somewhere else, but in your context, in your situation, in your system with the teammates that he'll, you'll be giving him and the coaching staff, you'll be getting him that guy can coalesce into a very good player. So um, uh, there's always going to be opportunity for that. And, and, and our job is to kind of find it. Matt, I would never ask about my favorite, possible favorite player in the draft because I truly believe in the broadcaster's jinx. So I wouldn't want to mess with that. <laughs> David, on the other hand, is a little bit ambiguous about the broadcaster's jinx. Right, so not, not, not a believer. But, what I, <laughs> but, I, but I am a believer in, in, the, in the draft jinx. I do believe that. Are you? <laughs> you, know, you can't talk about players prior to the draft. If you want to see him drafted, no, hey, now, everybody no, Dave, knows that, Jeff. Dave, <laughs> David, David, you can talk about him, but I can't, and I and I okay. Won't. So uh, George can talk about them for sure. George does talk about them. I've been given opinions left and right in the last eight years, but um, but we I can't. None, I we pick none of them, them, by the way. None of those yeah. guys have been picked. Just yeah. what percentage of those opinions, Matt, have been solicited? By well, you? let me hold on. I'll, I'll, I'll answer this. I'll answer this for him. He probably gets my text and then immediately puts it in the trash, probably curses a little bit, and then sends me something back that says, boy, sounds good. Good, good, good input there. I'll, I'll make sure I file that away. And no, then, it, it, George, has seen, George has seen probably, um, you know, more than NBA games than in, in person than 99.9% of the general public. So he knows what ha- he knows. And all of you guys have. So, so it would be silly for me not to listen. You know, it'd be silly for me not to, to, to get opinions because you know, at the end of the yeah. day, we're all, we're all, Hey, we're all trying to, to, we're all rowing in the same direction and trying That's to have right. a team win. So I think we know where Jeff is going with this question. Oh, I, I, he's I he's not going to ask it. There, there's no, a certain no, guy from no. I said, no. if, if I did have a favorite player, you know, that, that might fall in that, you know, mid round, you know, first round thing. I, you know, if I did, I wouldn't say it because Matt's on the call and that would jinx. It. So that's, that's all I'm saying. But yeah, fair Matt, enough. There is a Fair lot. Of, there's a lot of talk, and you may have an opinion, may not. Will we see a lot of movement on draft night with teams and everything? Now that is that's interesting because um, this could be a Plus wild. Plus, it gets you weeks. off of talking about players. <laughs> it's interesting, <laughs> and it moves you in another direction. It's interesting. The, 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 the second part. Is, it's something, but is it anything? Great question, JT. Great question. <laughs> the, 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 quest, the statement was a good statement, and the question is a good question. So the statement wow. I'm not going to address, but the question okay. I will address. So um, I think we could, see, we could be in for a wild couple weeks here because every NBA team right now is running their draft prep and, and free agency prep in a, in a, you know, concurrently. And, um, you know, we don't know how everything that's happened the last couple of months is going to impact – decisions that are made, you know, league wide. So I think it's going to be an exciting time for the fans because we've all become so accustomed to this like transaction period in the NBA. And in some cases, you know, that's the fans love that stuff and and they, they gobble it up and it's um, it's exciting. Uh, And, and in many cases, you know, for us, it's the product of a lot of, you know, work and, and a lot of iterations of things that don't come true or that don't happen. And, but that's just part of our normal kind of, approach and, 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 and attention to detail. So, um, you know, we, we not, we not only preparing for the draft, but like, uh, Bill Pope's our director of pro scouting, he's been scouring, you know, free agency and, and making sure we're all prepared and lined up for that while contributing to the draft as well. So, 
um, it's a it's a really really fun time. And uh, but I think we could be in we could be in for some th- stuff that's you know wild and crazy here the next couple of weeks. Matt, this is like Magic Pod Squad. Oh, go ahead, George. No, go ahead. Get your, get your Magic plug Magic Pod Squad special draft edition presented by Simply IOA. As presenting partner of the Magic Draft 2020, Simply IOA giving fans an unbelievable opportunity to be the very first fan to meet the Magic's 2020 draft pick. All you have to do is visit simplyioa.com slash magic. That's simplyioa.com slash magic. Get a quote on your home or auto insurance, which takes only a few minutes. And for additional ways to enter and to see full rules, visit simplyioa.com slash magic. Go ahead, George. That's a long read. That's a long one. I didn't know you had all that. Well, we've waited for years to get a sponsor, and then when they give us the sponsors, they're trying to make up for lost time. That makes sense. Here's here's the deal, George. Dante gets paid by the word. That's that's also why he does all the reads, by the way. You notice the three of us never have done a read. You get paid for that, and he's not going to give it up. That makes makes sense. sense. I've been paid as much as all of you. (laughs) <laughs> Matt, we, we know that free agency is going to come right afterwards because the turnaround, if everything goes through the way everyone thinks it is, it's going to be so tight. Would you or, or Jeff and John, I don't know if you've ever talked about this, would you guys like to see that flip-flopped at some point in the future where free agency came before the draft? And then maybe obviously that would change the way you know, you would maybe draft more for, or maybe you wouldn't, you know, I would think maybe you would draft more for need at that point because you know what your roster is based off of free agency. Would you like to see that flip-flopped at all? Or do you like it the way it is? Um, I, I think again, like the 30 to 30 teams would have 30 different answers. And, and my approach to that, to that answer is that those um, decisions are made. Like if, if people at home could see like my hand is way, way, way above my head. And then my other hand is way, way, way below my knees, right? And that's the gap in where I am versus where those decisions are made. So um, <laughs> I think for me, it's 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 more. I like to just know the rules and be ready to to assist in in making the decisions where they're happening. I've read a lot about that too, and um, I've seen a lot of like you know uh, media coverage about that because some GMs will come out and say this, that, and the other. Um, but at least like from a process standpoint and, and from an information gathering standpoint, they'll tell us the, the order and, and how it may run. And then we just have to kind of adjust our processes to, to fit that calendar. So, um, but again, that the gap between the, where those decisions are made and where I exist in that I gap know, is. But I, I would like high. to see it flip flopped. It's, I think it would be, I think it would make more sense to have free agency first, but yeah, well, you you have the ability to probably impact that because yeah, right. you, can, yeah. you can talk to people that I have, don't have access to. So, as much as I've um, impacted you on all my, my draft suggestions over the years. That, that, hey, that's no, so that, much. There's, there's been a couple of you right on. By the way, maybe there's a bunch I've been wrong on too, a bunch. <laughs> maybe, you've had, maybe you've had impact. Oh, I, I loved this one. He came walking out of the Amare Stoudemire in a work through and said, this guy can't play a lick. <laughs> that's Nailed. true. Absolutely. Nailed. Yeah, I nailed that one. That was a good one. <laughs> Well, which St. John's player did you like, Matt? Which which St. John's guy did you like? <laughs> yeah. George. I threw George him a couple. Went, I threw him a couple. Hey, let me, me ask you this, and, and maybe maybe George weighed in on this. But last year, the 16th overall pick, Chuma Okiki. What, with your, the way you with the way you break down data and your whole interview process, what drew you to Chuma, and how is he progressing? There's so much fan interest in Chuma Okiki right now, Matt. Yeah, he. Um, you know, he was. He's kind of. A, a, the exact prototype of, of what a lot of teams are looking for because there's um, he's big, you know, he's 
going to be like 6'8", 230, and he's going to have potential to guard multiple positions, and he's going to be able to shoot. So um, I think it's given the construction of the team, it's so important to kind of continually add shooting and add, add guys that have, you know, the ability to make plays um, against closeouts and on the side of the floor when, when, when the ball swings to them, we, they can't be someone that is, is not being guarded because that, that just opens up the paint for Markel and it opens up the paint for Nick and it opens up the paint for driving. And um, so that was something that was really attractive about him. And then once we got to know him as a person, um, that's where it, it continued to expand a little bit. He was such an interesting guy and he's been, he, he has worked so diligently and so hard um, to get back to this, this, this state that we are really excited about him and we all have to be excited about him, um, you know, and, and allow him the time that he needs to, to get back from, from, from having that whole year off last year. And, you know, it, that's where the summer league and, and the, 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 the training camp, like he's going to hit the ground running. So, and the, luckily for us, he's adaptable enough to hit the ground running and where, where we, he won't need a big ramp up and he won't need as much, as much time, but, but again, he will be a rookie. So um, we are, we are really excited about him and really excited about introducing him into the team, um, but probably more even excited about introducing him into the community because, because he's such a great dude. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it'll be an exciting time for him. And, and basically it's like adding two first round draft picks, right? Because he's, yeah. he's in effect, he's a rookie next year. Positionally, what is he? I think he, I think it's probably fair to say he's just a, a forward. And, um, you know, the, those guys, those forwards that can play both the, the traditional like small forward and the traditional power forward are so valuable. Um, the, the challenge is going to be, you know, can he, can he guard one of the other positions as well? You know, can he guard the two guard in the switch? Can he guard the center in the switch? And, you know, optimistically, yeah. And cautiously optimistically. Yeah. So, um, you know, we are excited about him and, and, and I think it's just fair, uh, David, to, to consider him like a forward and, and a forward that, that once, um, you know, he's on the floor, he'll have to be accounted for on both ends. He can't be, you know, he's not just a one-way player. He's, he, he projects to be a two-way player. All right, Matt, Matt, right. Else. Oh, yeah, go right. ahead, guys. Former 15th overall picks are uh, Kawhi Leonard, Giannis Adetokounmpo, and Steve Nash. So no pressure. No pressure whatsoever. <laughs> Perfect. It's good that you picked those three out of the, uh, like, however <laughs> thousands of 15th picks there's been in the, in the NBA draft. No, those have been had, the only there's three. a lot of pressure here. We've had some good ones. Matt Harpering, Stephen Hunter, and Reese Gaines. Hmm. So, so we have had some good ones. Based on Reese Gaines, you're, you get a, you're playing with house money. <laughs> Some years have been better than others. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> uh, Matt, I know I ask you this every year, but we always – I have a, a favorite for guys that have a little bit of experience. We've talked about that. So my question is, and not necessarily for the magic, you know, but overall throughout the league, because it's a quick turnaround, no summer league and everything – do you see guys with maybe three, four years of college experience being more valuable in this draft? Yeah, they, that's such a good point. And it's, it's this year, uh, probably it's, it's more uh, adaptable to this season and this upcoming season than any other that we've experienced, right? Because um, generally some of those guys that have less experience, they, they do have that time to kind of get accustomed and, and you, you hope that in the seven months off that they've been able to, to simulate that as much as possible and not knowing, you know, that they when they get 
to a Steve Clifford training camp what to expect. They're just not going to know, you know. Um, some of those older players may have a little bit more impact initially than than uh, than than someone that doesn't have experience, you know, or or hadn't played in the NCAA tournament. And 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 really, basically, in in some cases, there's there's high school level players that are coming into the draft for this year. So um, you know, I think it's it's a fair super fair point and it's a really good one we're going to see how it plays out next year you know and and you know there's uh, there's a lot of examples in in the picks probably like call it like 25 to 40 over the last couple seasons where um those guys have been able to play in the games right away and uh they look a little bit you know more um uh they look better quicker because they are able to to turn it around quicker in this case we're going to see that again this year i and, and it's going to be more uh, glaring, I think probably it's a it's a excellent point. All right, last thing, Matt, and uh, I don't know if, how you guys were, but watching the NBA Finals, seeing Jimmy Butler there, it made me think of 2011, the 30th overall pick taken by the Chicago Bulls, where Matt Lloyd was the director of college scouting uh, and, and played a big hit. I tell everybody you were the guy that took Jimmy Butler. I, I don't know how accurate uh-huh. that is, but but certainly played a part in it. But what did you learn about that process? What what won you over on a guy like that in 29 teams passed on Jimmy Butler? It's hard to fathom. What did you learn about that whole process ultimately ending, ending up with that guy? Yeah, so that's Jeff's point. That's a practical example of the point that Jeff just made. He, he, he was prepared. He had played um, three years of college basketball. He was a little bit older. And, um, you know, he went to Portsmouth that year. And was able to, you know, he put on a show at Portsmouth. He played one position in college, and then he came to Portsmouth and played a different one. And it was a more adaptable position for him because, um, but he had been really, really, really well coached in college by Buzz Williams. Um, He had been held to a a high standard. Um, He was in a defensive-oriented system in college that that those guys were just, they were tough. And we were at the point in, in kind of the, where we're, where I was at at the time, we were at the point where we were contending, you know, for the best record in the league. And we thought, Hey, this is another opportunity to have someone that can defend on the wing. Um, we were competing with uh, a team that, that had a lot of star, star level wing players and Jimmy made himself a great player. You know, he worked his way into, to being a good player, but he's a practical example of the point Jeff just made because he was capable of contributing, you know, quicker. And, he wasn't given anything, you know, he wasn't, he, he had to earn all those minutes. He averaged like less than three points per game as a rookie. And there was a game in his second year in the league. Um, and I can't remember where, maybe it was at Indiana or at Minnesota uh, in the preseason where um, Luol Deng, who was our starting small forward, didn't play. And Jimmy played, I think, 48 or 44 minutes and played really, really well. And we thought, okay, wow, this, this guy has worked on his game in the summer. He's become better. He's in, in, the coaching staff trusted him and they were able to put him in the game. So, um, you know, the, the, the Chicago Bulls drafted him and, and our general manager at the time, Gar Foreman played a big role in that. And, and our vice president of basketball operations, John Paxson played a big role in that. But, but um, you know, that was exactly what happened. He was an experienced player that was able to transition his game quickly and, and he worked his way into a star. He's the exception. He is not the rule. So um, when you look at him and, and try to apply him, you know, uh, to compare him to other guys and stuff, it's a it was a combination of a lot of factors that that played into him becoming successful. Not the least of which was was his incredible will and 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 work ethic. Well, Jeff's good. That's a good point you made, Matt. When Jeff goes into the Magic Hall of Fame, should he get him one of those fancy cabins like David? Should, should, can he get himself one of those? 
Yeah, I wish our fans could see this because I, I think David is tonight. Um, he's 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 uh, he's on the red red planet of Krypton where Superman is from. <laughs> so that had a red sun because his the probably, I probably need a lighting director to help me out up here. <laughs> yeah, it's not very good. Definitely need a. Oh, nice. but, but it's it's actually so good to see. I've I've seen uh, Dante. We've done a couple of events together, but to yeah, see yeah. George and Jeff and David to uh, at least um, in video presence is 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 a really really good treat. Matt, are, Man, you we showing miss, up we to, seeing you, Matt. are you showing up to draft night with a ponytail? How's this going? Hey, I don't like. I don't know if it's it's a subconscious midlife crisis, but I have not had. I've only had one haircut in in, in like ten months. So I can, um, I can see that. I can see that. That's not a surprise to, to any of us, by the way. I guess the uh, the the next step is to buy a Trans Am or something. But I, I just haven't. Uh, I haven't gotten to that point yet. Yeah, it looks like a Harley to me. T top Trans Am. Yeah, yeah baby. <laughs> oh man if you pull up with a trans am that's gonna do it that's perfect that is great. Yeah. all right man well we appreciate it thanks so much for giving us your time and the insight and and good luck good luck here in a couple of days we'll all be rooting for you yeah i really really appreciate the time and the opportunity guys it's it's so good to see you guys and the uh the chance to speak to the fans and 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 you know represent the organization it means a lot so so thank you all very much all right, thank you. Remember, simplyioa.com slash magic, and you might be able to be the first fan to meet the Magic's draft pick. That'll do it for Magic Pod Squad Special Draft Edition presented by Simply IOA. We'll see you soon.